Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? You having fun so far? It's been a great morning so far, and I am excited to be with you. I'm excited to share a little bit from God's Word. We are in the final week of a series we've been doing here at Hope called Abide. And we've been looking at Jesus' parable of the vine in John chapter 15. You may not realize this, but habits are powerful. Uh, Every morning, my wife and I wake up early, like, you know, 5.15. So does anybody get up earlier than 5.15? Okay, so when I say 5.15, you're like, ah, that's not early at all. Come on, try 3 a.m. or whatever you do, I don't know. But it's, it's early in the morning, and um, we get up, we get ready, we get our kids to school, that kind of stuff. But by the time Saturday comes around, we'd love nothing more than to just sleep in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, I could gladly sleep in until like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., something like that. But isn't it crazy, as much as I'd love to sleep in, that habit kicks in, and right about 5.15 in the morning, my body starts waking up just on its own. That's the habit. Habits are powerful. Uh, our life is full of habits. What, what's a habit? A habit is just a, a kind of our, our patterns of behavior. It's something we do over and over again, and we don't even have to think about it, or we may not even realize that we're doing it. Habits can define our life. Uh, according to researchers at Duke University, thought this was interesting, our habits account for 40% or more of our behaviors on a given day. Isn't that interesting? Think about a given day. The the researchers are showing that about 40% or more of our behaviors on that day are our habits. In the book Better Than Before, Mastering the Habits of Our Everyday Lives, best-selling author Gretchen Rubin observed, Habits are the invisible architecture of daily life. We repeat about 40% of our behaviors almost daily, so our habits shape our existence and our future. If we change our habits, we change our lives. That last statement really grabbed hold of me when she says, if we change our habits, we can change our lives. And if you think about it, that's true. How healthy we are or unhealthy we are right now is often a result of our habits. How happy or unhappy we are can be a result of our habits. The the culture in our marriage or in our family many times is a direct result of our habits. And Gretchen Rubin is just one voice among many voices today that are saying, you want to change your life and change your habits because habits are powerful. They define who we are. And the little question I have today is, do our habits play a role in our spiritual transformation? Do habits have a role to play in, in our relationship with God and a growing relationship with God? And I believe they do. You know, what's interesting is we've studied John 15 in this Abide series is we've talked a lot about salvation being God's work. And the Christian life in many ways is uh, exactly what we have on this banner, God transforming our lives. And this is our heart. This is our passion. And truly, God is the one who changes our life. Uh, I don't change my own life. It's God who's changing my life. 
We read about that in John chapter 15 as we've gone through this series. In John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, abide in me. In other words, Jesus is our direct connection to God. Uh, in Jesus Christ, we have a new relationship to God, like a vine and branches. We come alive to a relationship with God through Christ. And John 15 declares the Father is the gardener. So Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, the Father is the gardener. And uh, anybody do any gardening? So, you know, gardening is some work, right? So the gardener does the work. We're not saved by our own works. We're saved by God's work in the death and resurrection of Jesus. Our job is to abide, trust, remain. So if you put your faith in Christ, the reality of your life today is that you are abiding in the vine. You're abiding in Jesus. We gave this definition of abide. Um, abiding is the believer's unbreakable union with Christ that opens the doorway to greater communion with God. So if you believe in Jesus, you're united to Christ, you have a relationship with God, and you have an opportunity now to deepen and grow in that relationship with God. So the Father does the work. Why does he do the work? Why does the gardener work? Because they love the fruit. You garden, fruit is just the tangible end product of the vine. And in the same way, God desires in us that we would bear spiritual fruit that is real and tangible and visible, which we just said is a life changed by Christ to the glory of God. Jesus explains in John 15 how spiritual fruit is cultivating, cultivating in our life. I'm trying to catch everybody up this morning. I hope this is okay getting us up to speed. Take a look at this graphic. In John 15, Jesus talks about how fruit is cultivated in our life. How does God change our life? Is it just our habits? Well, no. First and foremost, it's, it's God's work as we abide in Jesus. Jesus said, uh, abide in me, I in you, apart from me, you can do nothing. So there is no spiritual transformation apart from Jesus Christ. First and foremost, we must believe in Jesus to abide in Jesus. He is our link to God. Second, you see um, another way that God produces fruit in our life, changes our life, is that God uses the events of our life to grow us, to change us, to build character in us. It's something we talked about last week. It's something Jesus calls pruning. Jesus says in John 15, 1 and 2, My father is the gardener. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. And now today we come to the third side of this triangle. It's only here we discover our work and our part. And it's in this whole area of spiritual disciplines or what I'm going to call today those spiritual habits. We change our habits, we change our life, but it's in the context of God's work, first of all, transforming our life. Through spiritual habits, we become active participants in the transformation process. God works through our habits so that we become even more fruitful. And so today I want to show us that as we abide in the vine, 
that changing our habits will change our life. And I'd like to show you the most life-changing habit ever, why it's so powerful, and how simple it is to begin even today, right now, immediately, tomorrow, tonight, whenever. Um, it is so simple. So let's get to it. We're going to read John 15, 1 through 11. This is Jesus' parable of the vine, and then we'll dive in, we'll pray, we'll talk about the powerful habits that can grow our relationship with God. Here we go, John 15, 1 to 11. Jesus said, I am the vine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Wow, let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, giving us these words of Jesus. Thank you that you meet us in this moment, that you love us so much, that we're not here by accident. You desire greatly to speak to our hearts and to change our lives. So I pray, God, in this time, Lord, that you would help us to hear, help me to speak, God, and guide us and direct us. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so we're looking at spiritual habits. I want to show you this morning the most life-changing habit ever, I really believe this, is daily time with God. Daily time with God. You were made, and I was made for a relationship with God. And when you begin to realize, and I begin to realize, that we can actually meet with God. We can be with God. We can experience his presence. It radically changes our life. And I'll just give you a little personal story. When I first became a Christian, I had no idea about spending time with God. I, I, I didn't grow up learning about spending time with God. In fact, I wasn't even a Christian when I heard somebody tell me about daily time with God. I was actually a high school student, and uh, it was one morning. I went to the very first class of the day. I sat down next to my friend, and we started talking about you know, how early we have to get up just to get to school. And I was like, oh, man, like, I got to get up at 6.45. I just kind of roll out of bed, you know, roll into school. And she was like, oh, well, I get up at, you know, 5, 5.30 so that I can read my Bible and pray. I got to tell you, as somebody who was not a Christian, I thought that was kind of nuts. I was like, read your Bible and pray at, you know, 5, 5.30 in the morning? Are you kidding me? And she handled herself very well. She just said, well, you know, when I read my Bible and pray, I have a better day. And to be honest, I didn't know what 
to think of that. I had never heard that before. I'd never met anybody that got up and read their Bible and prayed. Um, maybe you're here this morning for hearing about this for the very first time. To be honest, I really didn't know what to think about that. But I was at a point in my life where I really needed something positive. And when she said, if I, you get up, read your Bible and pray, you're going to have a better day. I thought, you know what? That's really interesting. Uh, I just might try that. And so I kind of went away from that conversation thinking, I wonder if that's true. For over 25 years now, I've been getting up just a little bit early to read my Bible and pray. And you know what I've discovered over 25 years? She was right. When I read my Bible and pray, I do have a better day. And it's not just because my days are so awesome. It's because my God is awesome. And when I read the Bible and pray, it connects me to God. I experience communion with him. I, 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 I feel his presence in my life. I'm not going to be anxious and afraid because I know my God is with me. I have peace that passes understanding. I have love that I cannot even fathom. What I'm talking to you about today is real and it can change your life. Jesus here talks about this life-changing reality of a relationship with God that we can discover as we open up his word and pray. We're calling it the life-changing habit of daily time with God. John 15, 7. This is our anchor passage for this morning. And Jesus says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Wow. Jesus invites us into a relationship with God. He invites you into a relationship with God. And he mentions two important aspects of this relationship. The word of God and prayer. The Bible is God's word to us. In the Bible, we learn about who God is, what he's done, the dynamics of a relationship with him. Prayer is our response to God and his revelation of himself. We talk to God. We speak to him. Prayer is conversation with God that changes things. It changes our life. It changes the unfolding of our, our life and our future. And we've learned over the last few weeks the power of that relationship with Jesus Christ. As a teenager, one of the first things I discovered, I, I, like I said, I wasn't even a Christian. When I started reading the Bible, I had no idea what I was going to discover. But I found out right away that I was lost. I, I ne didn't have God in my life. I was far from him, and I needed, I needed a relationship with him. And I learned in the Bible that a relationship with God isn't about what I need to do for God, but what he had already done for me. And, and I could have that if I simply place my faith and trust in him. And Jesus has said the same thing in John 15. He said, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Come trust in me. Come place your life in me. Jesus said in John chapter 14, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you're here today and 
You want your sins forgiven. You want to go to heaven when you die. You want to experience the reality of God's presence in your life right now, today. And I want you to hear me. God loves you so much. And he has always loved you. He sent his beloved son, his one and only son, to pay the price for our sins by dying on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive. He ascended to the Father in heaven. And today he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And the Bible says if you'll listen and to him and you'll open that door, he will come into your life. As Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. The opportunity is available to every one of us today and to you how through the word and prayer you've heard the good news of Jesus and to simply respond by saying just what I said as a teenager, wow, God, you know, I really need you. And I confess my sins and I said, would you come into my life? My life was never the same and God's inviting you to come to him today through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here today and you say, yeah, I'm not ready for God to work in my life that way. That's okay. Welcome to Hope Community Church. We're glad you're here. By the way, you don't have to be a Christian to read the Bible. I was not. And wait, what would it hurt, right? The Bible is the world's best-selling book of all time. It might be good to, to read it. So I'd encourage you, read the Bible, open it up, see what's in there. You know, you also don't have to be a Christian to pray, God, if you're real, would you show me that you're real? What a great prayer. Prayer and the word, the word and prayer. It's important not just for beginning a relationship with God, but it's absolutely critical for a growing relationship with God. Jesus highlights the word of God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Church family, it's not just enough to have the word. We need the word in us. How does that happen? Through this amazing habit of daily time with God, reading, <laughs> studying, memorizing, applying it to our life. Jesus also mentions prayer. He says, ask whatever you wish. What can we pray about? What does Jesus say? Anything and everything. Right? Whatever you wish. Maybe you're, you're married and you're wondering if God can save your marriage or if he can restore your marriage. Bring it to God in prayer. Maybe you have a son or a daughter and they're going through something difficult or they've wandered away from the faith. Bring it to God in prayer. Maybe it's finances and financial anxiety. Bring it to God in prayer. Jesus said, cast your, God said, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Ask whatever you wish. Bring it to the Lord in prayer. God transforms lives through the word and prayer. And I would just encourage you, just like my friend said, starting your day with God is definitely changes your day. It's I have a better day. And so I would encourage you, the most life-changing habit ever is daily time with God. Why is this so powerful? 
Let's get to number two. Daily time with God is powerful because it provides the answers we need. All right, are you guys ready to have a little fun this morning? Okay. Emoji lovers, God has answered your prayers. The Holy Bible has now been translated using emoji characters, and it's available on the App Store. Praise Jesus. Genesis 1-1 is translated, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. I love it. Emoji Bible. Got to get that. But I want to see how good you are with emojis. And uh, so we're going to play a little emoji Bible trivia. You guys ready for this? We're going to do, uh, we're just going to do show and yell style. So very simple. I'm going to show you a Bible story using emojis. If you know what it is, just yell it out. Okay, show and yell. Let's get, let's get started. Let's play. First Bible story. Name the Bible story. Oh, man, you guys are good. Wow. Adam and Eve, you got it. Number two, let's see if we get this. Name the Bible story. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Daniel and Elias did. Great job. All right, last one. Name the Bible story. Oh, my goodness. Can't even get the slides up. You already got the answers. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for playing my, my game this morning. I pray to God that you don't do your daily time with God in the emoji Bible. Please don't do that. But daily time with God does provide the answers we need. Jesus, uh, this stuns me, this, this promise in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. The word and prayer as we abide in Jesus provides the answers we need. How so? Let's go back to that triangle that I put up earlier. We're on the bottom right-hand side, these spiritual habits, spiritual disciplines. Jesus mentions in John 15, 7, the two most important and life-changing, the word and prayer. This is a life-changing habit of daily time with God. So how does daily time with God, these spiritual habits, provide the answers we need? Number one, it's the answer to our abiding in Jesus. So I already mentioned earlier, as believers in Jesus, we abide in Christ. This is the reality of our life. We have a union with Christ through faith that opens the doorway to greater communion with God. But one of the best ways to experience that closeness and intimacy with God is through the Bible and prayer. We experience his presence as we come before him and open up the word and read the Bible and pray. The Bible is God's word. That just means that God speaks to us in, in the scriptures. Prayer, that's talking to God. This is the language and the dynamics of relationship. We experience that communion with God through the word and prayer. Jesus also said, apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Just take a moment and feel the full force of that word, nothing. That word, nothing, it drives us to God and to his word and prayer. Jesus, I know I need you. I'm trusting you. I'm depending on you because of my own weakness, limitations, failures, sins. The answer to greater communion with God is the word and prayer. It connects us to God in a really transforming way. Number two, the word and prayer is the answer in our pruning. Now, Steve talked about pruning last week, and you know, it, the word pruning actually alerts us to the idea that the Christian life is not an easier life. It's not a life free from difficulty. I like how we sang earlier, he's a good, good father. He is a good father. And he allows us sometimes to walk through difficult seasons. And sometimes the Bible calls that pruning because God uses difficulty to shape our story in a way that's going to bring him glory. But I, I brought my pruning shears this week. Uh, they're, they're not very well used, unfortunately. Um, but I did notice one thing, uh, probably because I haven't used them very much. They are, they are sharp. And, and the pruning shears are, this is the Lord's tool. This is, the, this, this is his, it's nobody else's tool, but God uses these pruning shears. But what I, other thing I noticed about the pruning shears, not only are they sharp, but maybe you're never closer to the Father's hand than during those times of pruning. See, pruning's not meant to kill you. That's not, that's not who God is. He loves you, and he's with you in the difficulty. And the place to find the answers we need, the hope we need, the wisdom we need, it's going to be right here in the word of God in prayer. It's the answer for our pruning. Last one, it's the answer to our prayers. Look again at this amazing promise in John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Just let that hang. No, 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 Jesus. But he said it, didn't he? Ask whatever you wish. It'll be done for you. That's incredible. In no small way does Jesus encourage us to pray. And we need to come with this great hope to the invitation of prayer. Prayer does provide answers we need. God does answer prayer. But as much as it sounds like a blank check, hey, ask whatever you want, because I got some things on my list. <laughs> Jesus actually qualifies this in some, important, in some important ways. We've already talked about, number one, 
our prayer life is not a life free from difficulty and suffering, right? We just talked about pruning. Sometimes God's greatest miracle is not taking away the difficulty, but how he got us through that difficulty is maybe even a greater and more powerful answer to prayer. So we're not talking about a life free from challenges and hurt and pain and all those things. Jesus also qualifies this in another important way. He uses this condition if, and it's a big if. If, what does it say? My words abide in you. In order to see greater answer to prayer in our life, Jesus is saying my words need to abide in you. Why is that? Because prayer is not about getting what we want, but it's about seeing God's will unfolding in our life. God always answers prayer, not according to our wants, but according to his will. I love this scripture in John, excuse me, 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What another great encouragement to pray this morning. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears you. He knows your prayers. How do I know God's will? Well, I'm in his word and I'm praying and he's answering my prayers. What an amazing life that is. Seeing that in my own life and family this year when you guys got to know our family. Every year we ask God about school. God, what do you want? What do you want us to do with our kids and school? Public school, Christian school, homeschool, whatever it is. God, we want to know your will. And God led us this year uh, to Christian school. That's not for everybody. That's for us. But that has been a major stretch financially. But as we've prayed, God has provided every month. He's faithful to provide. And, And I can stand up here and tell you today, it's only been possible through prayer. What does God want to do in your life? What would he show you? What, how would he lead you if you began to read the scripture and pray? What answers would you begin to see? I, I, don't be surprised, I'm speaking from experience, if it requires trust and if it requires prayer. Because so many times this is exactly the place where God loves to show us how much he can do for us. Daily time with God is the answer to our prayers. It's the most transforming habit ever. Habits change our lives. Daily time with God provides the answers we need. How do we do it? Let's get practical as we close our time. To to start the life-changing habit of daily time with God is simple. Don't make it more complicated than it is. This is not hard. You can do it. Many of you are already... Um, starting your day or ending your day or taking time at a lunch break to pray and read God's word. Be encouraged. God said, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and your life is being changed by Jesus. Some of you here today are like I was when I was a teenager and I heard somebody bring this up for the very first time. I had no idea what to do. And maybe that's you today and you're thinking, oh, wow, wow. How do I even do this? I, I'm, I'm inspired, but what's my next step? And that's exactly how I felt when my friend said, 
Every day I begin with God. I have a better day. I was like, awesome. Okay? Like, what do I do? That's, the Bible's a thick book. You know? Like, what? Well, I came across this little pamphlet. I don't even know where I found it. Called, Give Me Five. And the whole idea of this pamphlet was, if you want to have daily, if you want to have any time, just spend time with God in the Bible and prayer. It's that all you need is five minutes and a Bible. I was like, wow, I got five minutes and I got a Bible. So the next day, instead of giving, getting up at 645 and rolling into school, I got up at 640. <laughs> yep. Set my alarm five minutes earlier. And I did exactly what the pamphlet said. One minute. Asking God to speak to me and show himself to me. Two minutes reading the Bible. I literally let the Bible fall open. I had no idea where to start. I don't even know what I read. But I read it for two minutes. And then two minutes of responding to God in prayer. And I did that the next day. And then I did it the next day. And let me tell you about five minutes in a Bible. It's a big deal. Because five minutes in a Bible, well, first of all, no time with God is ever wasted. Second, five minutes in a Bible created a habit in my life of spending time with God that changed my life. And third, five minutes with God a day actually adds up. If you do five minutes a day with God for seven days after a week, you've spent over 30 minutes with God. If you do that five minutes of God for a whole year, you've spent over a year of communion with God, reading the Bible and praying. That's a big deal. Imagine the difference five minutes a day in a Bible could make in your life, in the life of your family and in the relationships that you have every single day. I mean, this is huge. And it's also simple. So here's my encouragement. Set your alarm five minutes earlier tomorrow. You don't even have to be a Christian. I wasn't. Just see what God will do in your life. Daily time with God is as simple as John 15, 7, right here. Bible. My words abide in you. Prayer. Ask whatever you wish. Life change. It'll be done for you. Two more uh, bonus questions, two life-changing questions. You want to go to the next level. Um, when I spend time with God, this, these are the two powerful questions that I ask. What's God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? Say, I got five minutes. I don't have a Bible, and I have two recommendations. If you're new to Bible reading, wayfinding Bible. This will actually, this is a Bible that has three Bible reading plans. One is called the flyover, and it's 50 readings, the 50 most important. You can go cover to cover in 50 readings. Then there's one that's 200, then one that's 400. So you kind of get to pick the level that you want to go at. This one's great. Wayfinding Bible for the, this one's heavy. For the Bible students, scholars, I like a study Bible, ESV study Bible, or um, is a great one. So find a Bible, get five minutes, um, but never underestimate the power of time with God. 
And I want to challenge you. Just try, just make this a habit. See what God will transform, how he'll transform your life as you abide in him. Let me pray and we'll close. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your presence. God, we know that nothing changes our life more than your, your presence, how you love us, care for us, and meet with us. Some of us today are walking through difficulty. We just thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you invite us to come to you. And Father, as we close in this final song, meet us in this moment. Comfort those who need comfort. Comforted. Strengthen those who need strengthening. And inspire us to live each and every day for you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.